drink and dance all night. Now let's talk of diapers and pacifiers and our pants are feeling tight. Bottle service with BKP. Bottle service with BKP. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bottle Service. It's me, your girl, Sarah Merrill Hall, coming to you this week with a little solo episode um, and one, a very like niche topic this week. This is going to be niche content. It's not, you know, not everyone's going to be into this one, but it was so requested in my DMs that I had to do it. We're talking helmet diaries this week. You may, you may have seen babies and helmets. You may be wondering why they're wearing those helmets. You may have been told by your pediatrician that your baby may need a helmet. We're going to talk about it this week. My son did end up having to wear one. I'll tell you, you know, a little bit about why, things we did to prevent it, and a little bit about our experience um, going through the process. It was something I was dreading, I will tell you, as a new mom, first-time mom. I was, like, so freaked out. I really did not want my baby to have to be in a helmet. But we got through it. We did it, and um, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. be here to help any of you who might be on a similar path, who might be, you know, having a little, a little menti bee over the whole situation. We're going to get through it together. All right? So first, I figured I'll tell you, we'll talk a little bit about plagiocephaly, which, or it's also known as flathead syndrome, which is why a lot of these babies end up wearing helmets. We'll talk about like what causes it, some things you can do to help if you have a, if you have a very new, fresh newborn. And then I'll tell you obviously a little bit about our personal experience, um, going through, you know, getting the helmet, wearing the helmet, all of that fun stuff for anyone who might be on the similar path. It's going to be okay. (laughs) I promise. Okay, so first things first, um, let's talk about plagiocephaly. I really hope I'm saying that right. I am not sure. Guys, again, I am not a medical professional. I should say that at the top of this episode. These are all my thoughts, opinions, and experiences. Don't, you know, if you're thinking about this, you obviously need to go talk to your doctor. But here's some just basic information that's out there. So about one in four babies will have plagiocephaly and be recommended a helmet. That is a lot of babies. That's a lot more common than I thought. When I was told that, I was kind of shocked. One in four, that seems high. And I actually was looking at it um, in preparation for this episode, and there's actually new information coming out of the American Academy of Family Physicians that about 50% of children will develop positional plagiocephaly. So for most babies, it actually occurs during the first four to 12 weeks of life, but 20% of babies are just even born with a misshapen head due to circumstances in the womb or birth canal. So, okay, 50% of children will develop a little bit of this. That's crazy. And um, a big part of that is is because of new guidelines that have come out in recent years about um, having babies sleep on their backs. So this is something, you know, I, I even in our childhood wasn't necessarily a thing, but now we know the recommendation is to sleep babies on their backs to prevent SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. I hate saying that term. It like freaks me out. But those have been the, the more recent guidelines, which since those guidelines have come out, there has been a spike in plagiocephaly. But I mean, sudden infant death syndrome, a little flat spot on the head, clearly that is the the better option. 
Now, even though 50% of babies will develop a little bit of a flat spot, that doesn't mean that 50% of babies will need to wear a helmet. It's only in those like medium to severe cases that won't kind of fix themselves without intervention that are recommended to wear a helmet. But there's also 20% of babies that are born with a misshape. And this was the case for us. So there's some situations that happen in utero. Like for us, we, and if you've been listening to this podcast, you know my situation. We had a breech baby. So Bodhi was positioned weird in my womb. And my doctor thinks like maybe he was like resting his head on my hip bone or something like that, which caused a little bit of a dent in his... um in his skull. So we actually knew pretty early on into his life that we were going to be a good candidate for a helmet. Um, some other factors that can play a role is, uh, if you have a premature baby, especially if they end up in a NICU stay, a lot of NICU babies end up needing some form of intervention because so early on in their life, they're placed in the NICU, they're placed flat on their back where they spend a lot more time on their back in the NICU, which again will contribute to that flat spot on their heads. Um, there's some other birth complications like, you know, if forceps were used, if there was some complications in birth or in the birth canal that can contribute to a little bit of misshaping. They say twins or babies of multiples are also more likely to have a little bit of misshaping because there's more pressure in the womb due to, you know, having more babies in there. So those factors will all contribute to potentially having a flat spot as well. Torticollis is something that also contributes to this. And torticollis, for anybody who doesn't know, I didn't know what it was until we knew that Bodhi had it, is a condition where your baby's neck muscles cause their head to twist and tilt to one side. So if you have like a little fresh newborn and you notice that they're always kind of looking to one side or resting their head on one side, you may be in danger of developing torticollis, which is totally fixable once you know that you have it. Um, it's something we found out around like our, I think our six week appointment, our doctor was like told us that we needed to do some things to help with that. Cause if you think about it, if they if your baby is always resting their head to one side and they're, they're placing more pressure on one side of the head, that is where those flat spots are going to develop. And when you're going to need some more intervention to help kind of reshape the skull. So torticollis is totally treatable. And it's one of those first signs that uh, your doctor might catch. And there are things you can do at home to fix that. So when we were about six weeks, um, our doctor told us that we needed to start doing some like physical therapy stretches at home. I think some babies, if it's really bad, they might, you know, recommend you go to a physical therapist. For us, our doctor just gave us like this literal one sheet printout that we brought home and just started doing the stretches at home. Uh, it's things like like taking the baby's ear and like moving their head down to the shoulder. It's twisting their head side to side slowly, making sure that they get a little bit more of a range of motion. And it doesn't sound so bad, but it was actual torture the first few times that I tried to do this to Bodhi because it like, I don't think it's painful, but it's probably not comfortable for them. Like think about it. Like if you sleep wrong on your bed and you have like a neck cramp trying to move your head in the other direction, it's not, it's not comfortable, you know? Um, so there was like the first few times that I had to do these neck stretches with him and I was just like crying. I'm like, I don't want to hurt my baby. 
but it's one of those things you just kind of have to do. You're not hurting them. You're, you're helping them. And, um, something that Brandon and I did to help make it a little bit better. Cause they recommended that we do these stretches four times a day, which like just doing like a couple once I was like, I can't do this. So Brandon and I split them up. We're like, look, we, we just, at some point in the day, each one of us has to do this twice. So that made it a little bit easier, like dividing up the work, um, and just getting through having to do those stretches twice a day was okay. And especially after the first few days of doing the stretches, cause that's like when their neck is the tightest and that was the hardest. Once you started getting a little bit more movement and it started getting a little bit more flexibility, it, it wasn't bothering him as much. So he wasn't crying. We were getting through the stretches rather easily and, um, it was okay. Just those, I, I want to warn you if like, this is something you have to do, like those first few times you do it are going to be the worst. It gets easier. And I will say we probably had to do it. We did it like four times a day for the first like two weeks. And then we probably went down to like just twice a day. And then after like three, four weeks of doing the stretches, we didn't need to do it anymore. His neck was okay. Um, I will say also in addition to the stretches that we did, um, there was also an increase in tummy time. That is like the biggest recommendation they give you. They're like, you got to just do much more tummy time. Cause if they're laying flat on their back all the time, that's where those flat spots develop. So we picked up the tummy time a little bit. I kind of became a little bit of a drill surgeon. I'm like making this kid do tummy time, which it, especially in those early days, like my, my new newborn parents know, like it's, hard they don't always like tummy time but it's one of those things once they gain the strength in their neck it becomes a lot easier it's just like those first those first few weeks of tummy time are a little bit rough um another thing that we did and this is a great tip I think just for anybody like when I have my second baby god willing this is something I'm just gonna do in the beginning to avoid um any flat spots is changing their positioning in the crib so let's say like you lay your baby down the same way every night where their feet are pointing one direction. They're always going to turn their head to like look at the door, you know, like where you're coming in and out of. Um, so that was something our doctor told us to do was just to like turn him around, have his feet face the other direction so that he would have to turn his neck the other way to look at the door. So that is just like a really easy, quick tip for anybody. Um, and something I'm going to do next time around because we started doing that more and, and, and that helped with him like using the other side of his head and turning his neck more. So we did weeks of this. I mean, really from when he was six weeks old to when he was four months old and things got better, you know, like he was, he had a lot more range of motion, but he still had his, his head was much flatter on one side and, and it was just how he was born. And that didn't really change. Like nothing we did really changed the shape of his head. So at about four months, we brought him in to his pediatrician's checkup and our doctor was like, you know, at this point, I would recommend, you know, going to see a cranial specialist. So a <laughs> couple things off the bat. Um, I will say like I was very, very reluctant to even take him to a specialist. And my mind, I'm like, you know, what are these specialists doing? Like they're, they, they, they're in the business of making money. Like any, if I bring him, they're going to just tell me I need a helmet and like it, that it benefits them if he has to wear a helmet. Cause we're going to, you know, it's, that's what they're in the business of doing. So I was very suspicious of these companies. I will say, I mean, also like my mom was like, 
nobody when we were you know when when you guys were kids like none of you nobody had helmets like I don't know why they're recommending this like this seems like you don't need it. it. It's one of those things like all kids kind of have a little bit of misshaping in their head because they're so malleable when they're younger and um, they're going to, you know, kind of, they'll kind of, the problem will fix itself with time. That may have been true back then, but again, things have changed. We have new guidelines. Kids are sleeping flat on their backs more. And I don't know. I, 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 I say that just to say like, these are some of the doubts that were coming into my head of like, do we really need to do this? Do I really need to take him to a specialist? Won't the problem fix itself? And truly every baby and everybody's circumstances are going to be completely different around this. Um, this is why it is such like a personal choice. I, I happen to just like really like and trust our pediatrician so he, you know, I, I mentioned these things to him. I was like, D- you know, won't this kind of just fix itself? He's like, a lot of the times, yes. He's like, with the degree of Bodhi's head, he's like, I, if it were my kid, I would have him checked. He's like, you can go to and get these, you know, they're going to take photos. They're going to take measurements. They're going to show you everything. He's like, you could take that information and decide not to do anything with it. It's completely up to you. He's like you, but if I were you, I would want to get that information. And just, just so you have the most knowledge before you make any decision that I, I was like, okay, we'll do that. And also he mentioned, he's like, the sooner that you get in the better and the shorter amount of treatment he will need because again, baby's heads are super malleable the younger that they are. So if you can get them in sooner than later, it makes a big difference. He's like, look, he's like, I'm going to, he's like, I'm going to make the referral now. So he's like, again, go earlier. He's like, if you wait till, you know, his next checkup, it's going to just change the overall treatment plan. So with that information, I was like, you know what, let's just go. We'll, we'll, We'll cross that bridge when we get there. We'll just see what they say. I hope all of you are living your best hot mom summer so far. And if you want to kick back with a spritz, a spicy margarita, a seltzer, whatever your adult beverage is of choice, just make sure you chase it with some morning recovery from more labs. I love morning recovery and basically refuse to drink without it at this point. I just can't afford to feel like crap after a day or night of drinking when I have to pair it the next day. So that's where this little proprietary blend of electrolytes and vitamins comes in handy. This formula helps speed up the breakdown of alcohol-induced toxins. All you have to do is drink one of these bad boys before or after you drink alcohol, and it will help rehydrate and restore lost nutrients so you can wake up ready to take on really whatever motherhood has in store for you. I have seen these sold actually individually in my local grocery shop now, which is awesome. But pro tip, just go and buy a box of these. (laughs) I'm telling you, I have several in my pantry and they do come in handy. And I know that they will, especially this summer. Right now, if you go to their website, you can save 20% off when you use code BIGKID at morelabs.com slash BIGKID. Do not let rough mornings after drinking dampen the next day. Drink smarter with morning recovery. And again, use that code BIGKID for 20% off your entire order at checkout. Cheers. So that's when we went into our initial appointment. So a lot of people will get recommended to a place called Cranial Technologies. Um, they're pretty big. They're a pretty big provider of doc bands, which is like 
the appropriate term and people don't really refer to them as helmets um i just i'm saying helmet repeatedly because for anybody who doesn't who who doesn't go through the whole process like doesn't know what a doc band is but we get there and basically what they do is you know they take your baby we strip them down to a diaper they put this little like clear sock thing over their head it looks almost like tights like like hosiery like it's it's completely see-through and breathable um, but that goes over the baby's head and they bring them into a room where they sit on a stool and they get like 360 degree pictures taken of their heads so that they can get these like measurements now I tell you about the sock only because <laughs> I have since like I right after I we joined the doc band community is how they put it. They, um, they told us to like join a Facebook group, which I did. And <laughs> like, do not Facebook mom groups in general are like a terrifying place. At least for me, like my anxiety can't handle it, but I logged into this doc band, um, Facebook group just to kind of like see, cause I was new and a lot of moms were complaining about the sock on the head. And so that's why I brought that up is just to like warn anybody who is going in blind. Cause a, a lot of babies, I guess some people's babies like really kind of freak out, like getting something put over their face. Um, but Bodhi, Bodhi was pretty chill. He's always like a pretty chill guy. I will say like some things that helped or at least that I think may have helped for any tips for anybody who's like going into an initial appointment is like, check your own energy. <laughs> like this is something Brandon and I, like we kind of pow out before we went to this appointment. He's like, I, cause he knew I was like so upset about this whole situation. And like, he's like, I know you want to go in there and you're going to like want to fight with them. He's like, no, you need to go in. You got to keep Bodhi calm. We're going to go in. We're going to be happy. We're going to be smiling. We got to like check our own energy. So that's something I think is always important. Like going into any situation, like if you have a doctor's appointment, Anything really um, going in calm, smiling. I, I think our babies take a lot of cues from us. So I think that that helped that I was calm. I was smiling. We brought distractions. Um, I know the office we brought him to had like a bunch of toys and stuff to distract him with. I brought snacks, things like that. Just, you know, just to kind of be prepared for when you when you walk in, maybe having a couple of those things on hand could help um, keep your baby calm. Because, yeah, I guess some babies just don't like the process of, you know, getting those pictures done. But they do do it really quick. It was fast. It was painless. Um, we got those images. And then they basically bring you into a room and they kind of like show you all the images. They show you like measurements. They show you like the measurements. They kind of compare them to a quote unquote like normal round shape of a head. And they show you like where you're off. So once they kind of like displayed that information and I could see like the degree that his head was off symmetry, that kind of helped make the decision easy for easier for us to move forward with treatment. I will say, okay, so if you are somebody who, and even before this episode, because I wanted to like get a little bit more information about everything, like I just typed into Google like risk factors of plagiocephaly. Like what if you decide not to go forward with um, a helmet or a doc band? Like what's the worst that can happen? Google gave me some terrifying shit. When I asked that same question to, um, you know, the nurse practitioner who was kind of helping us out, I was like, what if we don't get a helmet? She's like, honestly, she's like, with his severity level, it's not that bad. She's like, honestly, you'd probably just like, he wouldn't be able to wear hats. <laughs> 
or like if he plays sports like he might have to have like custom helmets made like that's really like the worst that we're looking at so that's like if you think about it that's not really like a medical necessity and and that that takes a lot of the that at least took a lot of fear away from me like you know is this a life or death decision we're making? No. I mean, the worst case scenario, we might have to get some custom helmets made. Like that's not terrible, but also we're like that, that can be annoying, you know? And they do say in some cases, like the symmetry of your face could be off his, his, most of his asymmetry was in the back of his head. It didn't really affect his face shape. But, um, again, that's one of those things where it's like every baby's situation is going to be different, but at least that made me feel better knowing that like this, this issue wasn't like, you know, really that scary. But if you check Google, it'll tell you like terrible things. Anyway, um, we, you know, after looking at the images assessing, they also did tell us they're like, look, you got him in at a great time. It's really early. We're catching this really early. If we start this right away, you're only looking at like six to eight weeks of treatment. If we even wait just a month. Cause I was like, well, what if we just wait a month and see if it gets better? She's like, we can do that. But if you wait, like, let's say he starts at six months instead of five months, instead of six to eight weeks of treatment, we'll, we might be looking at like 12 to 16 weeks, you know, like th- there's just a big difference. Like the more time that goes by, the longer that they have to wear this helmet. So for me, that was probably the number one deciding factor. I'm like, look, if I have to freaking do this, I want to get it over with immediately. So that's what we decided to do. We're like, let's just pull the freaking trigger. Let's get this kid in his helmet and get this whole thing over with. So that's what we decided to do. I think after it was like after one or two weeks after that initial appointment, we brought him back in. They use those measurements to get a helmet made. They, you know, kind of take his head. They do a little bit of shaping to make sure that it fits like snugly and securely on his head. And they send us on our way. That's kind of the thing. And, um, a couple things for like those early days of helmet days. So um, the whole thing is like it, it can be an adjustment for for the baby. For us, we were really freaking lucky. Like Bodhi just like nothing phases this kid. Like they put the helmet on him and he didn't bat an eye. Like he just adjusted immediately um, to it, which we were very like lucky about. Again, when I checked that Facebook group, there were stories of kids who like had a much harder time adjusting to the helmet. Pretty much though, everyone, like the consensus is it like takes about three days of an adjustment period. Um, so I'd say at like the worst, like that's kind of what you're looking at is like three days of maybe them being a little bit uncomfortable, but babies are super adaptable and they adapt to this and they get used to it much sooner than mom and dad get used to seeing the helmet. So that was our experience. I mean, he adapted really quickly. Some, some kids have trouble sleeping with the helmet on. Ours didn't. We put him down for a nap that day and he, you know, went right to sleep. He was fine. Um, the only issue or like little complication that we had is like they say, especially in those first few days, once you get a helmet, um, they can develop like heat rashes. And so like they tell you to kind of take the helmet off, look for any red spots around their head. And you want to make sure that those red spots disappear within an hour. So we did have one, like there was a spot on his forehead after a couple days of wearing the helmet, I took it off and it was, it lingered for like over an hour and even like two hours later he still had this red spot on his forehead and basically all you have to do is like we called them up they're like okay come back in we brought him back in they then like shaped the helmet a little bit more in that area to give him a little bit more room and then he was fine 
So those are like the big things in those early days of wearing the helmet. Also, like they're basically wearing it like for it to be effective. They have to wear it 23 hours a day, which is a lot, you know. So basically they're wearing it to sleep. They're wearing it all day long and they basically only get one hour of like we called it like the freedom hour where you take the helmet off. You have to clean it every day and you give them the hour of um, freedom, which like we would take it off. We would wipe it down like we ended up buying um, like these alcohol wipes just it made our lives easier to just wipe the whole helmet down you let it dry for an hour and then we would just like give him little baby head massages and give him little kisses on his head you know just give him that like little hour of freedom and then we'd pop the helmet back on and start it all over again luckily I mean Bodhi handled it like a champ I will say like the hardest part of all of this was us like it was we we it was much harder on Brandon and I than it was on Bodie and and I think part of that is just like you know I I have this like cute little perfect amazing baby and I don't want any part of him blocked in this head on this helmet especially like this period of time that they're in like five to six months babies are like so freaking cute you know, like Bodhi is like entering his like peak cuteness. He's such a roly poly at six months. I was like, oh my God, like I hate that like this period of time is kind of being taken away or altered in any way by this helmet, by this stupid freaking helmet. Like I just want to like kiss all over his little face and this helmet's in my way and I hate it. I freaking hate it. So, I mean, all of that is to say it, it is people told us that like when we were first starting out, they're like, it's much harder on the parents. And like in our experience, that was a hundred percent true. It was way harder on us. You know, luckily we got him in early. They told us it was going to be six to eight weeks. I, I honestly counted like the it, six weeks now looking back is like a blip on the radar, but I counted down every day <laughs> like every day I was like oh one more day is over one more day closer to freedom I really just I wanted to get him out of that helmet as soon as possible it pulled at my heartstrings I didn't like it I didn't like it I wanted my little cute handsome baby to be free I it, it, it's got to be it's like a vanity thing I don't know it's just it's a superficial it's vain to like care this much about a little thing that's on their head but like I just it is what it is. Like it, it's the truth. Like I just, you know, I just didn't like seeing it. I didn't like the aesthetics and I wanted just my free, happy little baby that, you know, without helmet free, that's, that's basically what it comes to. And it wasn't just like those internal feelings. Like I will say, I think some of those internal feelings were flamed a little bit by like some outside perceptions, Like I'll tell you, I mean, I was so used to at this point, you know, having a five, six month old walking around with my baby and people just fawning over him. You know, he's like so cute. He's so chunky. Like this kid has like arms and arm and leg rolls for freaking days. Um, And everywhere I would bring him, people would lose their shit. You know, like, like anywhere I would bring him, people would fawn over this baby. When I put the helmet on him and I would start going places, I got a much different reaction from the outside world. You know, people would kind of look at him with like sympathy or like, ooh, is that baby okay? Is is something really wrong with him? There was this one time I was at Publix and I was checking out with my baby and he was kind of like passed out. So I had, you know, the awning like over him and 
and I was checking out and the checkout lady, she's like, oh, let me get a peek at that baby. She kind of like went around the side to to peek into the crib and she goes, oh, like it took her by surprise to see him in the helmet. And like in that moment, like it crushed me. I was just like, oh, like, you you know, it just it hurts. It hurts when the outside world like reacts to your baby that way. And that's like another reason why I wanted to do this episode. It's like not just for my moms who like might have to have their baby in a helmet, but for like any other adults or parents out there, like if you see a baby in a helmet, again, it is super freaking common. A lot of babies, one in four babies are going to be recommended to wear these helmets. So like, it's not, it's not, it shouldn't be that scary. You know, I think we all need to like check ourselves when we see a baby with a helmet. We, you know, like it's not, it's, it's not as scary as I think, um, it looks. <laughs> we'll put it that way. I, I know now whenever I see a baby, with a helmet, I am like giving extra love and attention to that baby. And I always talk to the parents. I'm like, oh my God, my little guy had a helmet. Like it went by so fast, you know, um, enjoy this time, you know, give him, give him a little bit of encouragement, um, when I can, because again, it's, it's hard, it's hard on mom and dad. So yeah, I'd say that was weirdly the hardest part was just like the perception from the outside world. And like, I didn't, I hated that. I did. But we got to that six weeks. We got to, because they had originally told us it was going to be six to eight weeks. So I was really praying. I'm like, oh my God, we're going to do everything right. I'm going to keep him in this helmet 23 hours a day, just so that at the six week mark, we can get out of this helmet. Now I will say too, this is a thing I I think I got a, a couple questions about. Like you don't, also if there's like a special occasion or something, like you can take the baby out of the helmet. I mean, and again, this is where I say like, I'm not a doctor, but like we, you know, we went to a neighbor's house for a party. We took him out of the helmet. He was out of the helmet an extra hour that day. You know, we did family photos. We took him out of the helmet. Like if this happens on a major holiday, like Christmas or something like that, like, and you want to take him out of the helmet, do it. You know, a day at the end of, it's not ideal. It's not like recommended, but I'm saying like, it's not the end of the world. So there was a couple instances, I will say, within the, that time frame that we did take him out a little bit longer and um, than the 23-hour recommendation, and he's fine. But we got him to the six-week mark, and I was like, oh, my God, I, I really hope that they tell us that we're done. And they're, you know, our, our chick, our nurse practitioner, whatever she's called, was like, ah, she's like, we could stop, but I would recommend maybe another two weeks and then, like, reevaluate. And I'm like... That was just such a dagger to the heart. I was like, another two weeks? I think I like actually said that out loud. I was like, another two weeks? Are you kidding me? She's like, oh, she's like, we could, you know, maybe just do one more week and bring him back and evaluate. I was like, yes, one more week, please. Like, let's, I, I really just wanted to wrap this up. I can't, I can't stress that enough. I was so over it at this point. And like, really, especially once you kind of have your heart and mind like set on a date. Like, I think I had the date in our calendar of six weeks, like circled like 18 times. And, and so counting down and getting so excited at the prospect of it being over, just to be told that like you had to extend a little bit longer. The finish line was just pushed back a little bit farther. Hurt. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like that kind of sucked. So anyway, she agreed for us to come back after a week instead of two weeks. So the next week, same thing went in. I had been literally counting down every single day, like that entire week, just praying that we were going to be done. We brought him back in at seven weeks. Now, now we're at the seven week mark and 
she's like, she's like, you could do another week, but honestly, like if we evaluated him right now, we wouldn't recommend a helmet. So it's up to you. And I looked at Brandon and I'm like, let's just pull it. <laughs> like if you, if you really don't, if you really wouldn't recommend a helmet at this point, let's just end it. Like I, I really just wanted to get it over with. In hindsight, we probably could have used that extra week, to be honest, maybe an extra two weeks. Like he definitely, his head is, his head is fine, you know, but like it's not perfectly symmetrical. And like, of course, nobody would notice that except for us, like who look at it all the time. But he definitely, it's definitely not like perfectly symmetrical. And I kind of now looking back, I'm like, Sarah, you should have just like bit the bullet and taken her recommendation for another week or two. Like at the end of the day, like that is a blip on the radar, but (laughs) I didn't at the time. So, you know, maybe learn from, learn from my, uh, Learn from my perspective that if they recommend another week or two, like maybe go for it. But all that is to say we got the helmet off and our little helmet journey was over, you know, and, and at the end of the day, seven weeks is nothing. It felt a lot longer while we were in it, but when it's all said and done, I mean, it was a short amount of time. We got through it. His head, what they show you like the, you know, they, at the end of it, they take all the pictures again. They kind of show you exactly where you started to where you ended off. I mean, it, it really was a night and day difference. It, it made a big impact, um, on the, the symmetry of his head. We, we were really happy that we did it. So I hope maybe listening to that experience, helps any of you out there listening, like feel better. If you know, maybe you're early on and your doctor's saying you might need this and you're freaking out. I hope listening to this experience helps you feel a little bit better about the whole thing. We are happy that we did it. We would do it again. We would actually probably do it a little bit longer if we were to do it again. It all worked out. So I hope that that, uh, that helps you feel better. And, um, truthfully, I mean, the whole experience start to finish, it did not affect Bodie like at all. Like he was totally fine during the whole time. He got the helmet off, didn't bat an eye again. Like he, he was totally fine during the whole thing. And, and at the end of the day, like that is the biggest thing, you know, you want your baby comfortable, you want them happy. And I think, you know, down the road, he'll be happy that we did this for him. You know, like I, it would have been really annoying. I think later on in life, if he couldn't wear hats, you know, like who doesn't love wearing hats? Me and his dad, I mean, especially his dad, Brandon is a big hat guy. So um, I think he'll be happy that we did this for him. And and again, it all worked out. So that's our little helmet diary. Um, I hope this helped. If you like this episode or if you know anybody, if you have any friends who, you know, might be going through this, it's one of those things you kind of don't broadcast that much like to be honest even while he was in the helmet I feel like I felt myself like taking much less photos and videos of him which is so sad posting a lot less about him because it was just I don't know it was like a weird a weird time where I just didn't feel like field fielding questions from people or like getting sympathy from strangers it was just one of those weird things but you know it's not that bad and any helmet parent um, will tell you you know it's you you'll get through it and it'll be okay so again, if you, if you know anybody who's going through this, like shoot them this episode, hopefully it makes them feel better too. And make sure to leave those five little stars on iTunes, leave a little review if you can, if you like the show in general, 
it really does help this little show grow. And I really, really appreciate it when you do that. So thanks again for listening. Um, you can find me on Instagram at big kid problems, or of course on my personal at Sarah Merrill underscore hall. I actually did a whole post on my personal about our own, our helmet diaries. I included some pictures and stuff in there. I'll repost it the week that this episode is, um, launching just so it's easy to find but um you can find that on my personal instagram as well so anyway with that all said and done thank you so much for bumping along with me this week and i'll see you next time bye